Hey, Maniacs, this is the Michigan Maniac News Drop, and I'm your host, Adam Brewer. Uh, before we get going, you guys can go to the Michigan Maniacs fan page on Facebook. Go ahead and like it. Uh, I put everything newsworthy for Michigan football on there, even some Michigan basketball stuff. Uh, we go ahead and talk to one another. I answer all messages that come my way. I like to believe that we have some of the most well-informed fans uh, in the Michigan fan base. I also like to know that we are maniacs, but we're smart. We're just not crazy. We're not psychopaths. This isn't the Michigan psychopath football podcast. This is the Michigan maniacs. I like to think we're a little bit more uh, bright and a little bit, uh, you know, intelligent when it comes to this love of ours, which is Michigan football. Or just Michigan sports in general. Anyways, I'm your host, Adam Brewer. Please go to that or any podcast platform that you guys have and rate us, like us, do whatever it is. So this way, someday, I would love to say that we hit the top 10 iTunes podcasts or podcast episodes. I'm dying for that. Just to give you an idea, we are at now 6,900 listens. That's it, 6,900 listens. That's awesome. That is just one season's worth. It's about uh, average of 168 per episode. You guys are phenomenal in there. So let's get to the let's get to everything that we want to talk about. All the good, bad, and the ugly, right? So we'll address the ugly. Actually, which I think isn't even ugly anymore, which I think is fantastic. Um, a couple days ago, Greg Maddock, Madison, yeah, Greg Madison, I believe his name is. Blah. I don't care. I forget people's names who are traitors. That's right. He might as well be a Greyjoy. I think that's where the Madisons have joined is House Greyjoy for all you uh, Game of Thrones fans. Uh, so Greyjoy, old man Greyjoy, decides he's going to go to Ohio State. Now, I'm not sure that we should have been this, that surprised since a few years prior, he decided before Freddie Flintstone brought him back into the fold, he went to uh, Notre Dame. It's like, it's like if you were dating somebody, whatever you date, man, woman, goat, whatever, and if that person cheated on you with your best friend, you bring them back, and then they cheat on you with your brother. That's exactly what old man Greyjoy did here, and I really can't wait till we Ramsey Bolton his ass on that fucking field next year, November, and we go ahead, figuratively of course, and we feed it to him as we walk off victors in the big house. That's right, Winterfell. <laughs> it might as well be, right? A2, up north, and just remember, old man Greyjoy, the north remembers. We're going to know what you did, and you better never show your face again, because I'm sick of it. Go ahead and then downgrade the Ohio State Buckeye defensive line, which I'm fine with. Um, and then to Al Washington Wit. I'm not really upset about the Al Washington thing. I know you probably heard it in every other podcast you've listened to so far, but... Al Washington, for those who probably didn't hear, his father was an Ohio State Buckeye football player. Not only just a football player, but the captain of the team. He grew up in Columbus. And I also believe, from what I read, his wife was an Ohio State alum. That's right. Everything for that dude is all Buckeye. He even coached with Ryan Day. The only reason why we had Al Washington was because of his connection with Don Brown, who also was a Boston College guy. So, with the ugliness now aside, this is why, okay, what I'm getting ready to tell you is the reason why I believe Jim Harbaugh to why 
only believe, and I want him to make the move to become the CEO type head coach, right? Because he is phenomenal at making unbelievable hires. Every time we don't think, well, how is he going to, what is he going to do? We just lost DJ Durkin. Oh, that's right. He gets Don Brown. An upgrade, a complete and utter upgrade. He had three bad games in his three years at Michigan. That's it. Three bad games. And then, okay, so let's say, oh, oh no, we uh, we we let go, we let go. Whoever our wide receiver coach was, or whoever was doing that before, and we got, oh, we got McIlwain. <laughs> he just moves on to be a head coach. I mean, we get great hires here at Michigan. He is a solid dude, and he continues to impress because after we are all bitching about the offense, what does he go and do? He goes and he grabs Josh Gaddis, Big Daddy Gaddis, as I like to call him. This dude is impressive. Now, he not only was a pro football player, so he understands football in general. He played for the Jags and the Bears. But he is a phenomenal coach at taking a wide receiver core and moving them just from good to elite. And I'll give you an example. Is he always only with Alabama for one year this year? And then this year alone, he uh, he had four, I think, four or five wide receivers who got close to 500 yards receiving, and he had one close to 1,200 yards receiving. Now last year. They weren't doing that at Alabama. They were not doing that at all. They had a decent passing attack, but it wasn't elite like that. They always ran the ball and ran it well and focused a lot on their on their tight ends. And their wide receivers, yeah, were game breakers because they're all five-star athletes. Sure. Also, the years before that, from 2014 to 2017, he was at Penn State. That's right, Penn State. And you know what he did at Penn State? He won... Uh, Big Ten Recruiter of the Year. I believe it was 2016. It could be 2017. I could be wrong. But, so for all of you who are like, oh, we're, we're going to miss out on the on uh, old man Greyjoy's recruiting and Al Washington's recruiting. Yeah, maybe. It might hurt us a little bit in Ohio because that's the only reason why Ryan Day grabbed those dudes was because of Ohio. He needed legitimacy in the, is it, in the own state that he coaches in. Because ask John Cooper, if you can't beat Michigan in recruiting in Ohio, you can't beat Michigan. Plain and simple. John Cooper could have won a million games. He still would have been fired because he couldn't beat us. So not even Ryan Day's wife knows who Ryan Day is when he walks into the home if he was trying to recruit her. No one does. He's a nobody. That's why. He may have all the talent in the world, but it ain't going to help with the recruiting if no one's ever heard of you. Urban Meyer could walk in with his fucking three national title rings on his on his hands, and that's how he sways kids. You ain't Urban Meyer, dude. You ain't even sweater vest. Hell, you might not even be Luke Fickle. So that's why he did it. He grabbed Al Washington and uh, Old Man Greyjoy to solidify the state of Ohio. Fine. Let him have it. Because Big Daddy Gaddis is going to walk right in there and take Ohio from you. And then what he's going to do, he's going to go down into the south. That's right, where Alabama is. And all those SEC honkers are going to go down there and he's going to start taking people from them too. 
That's right, because we're going to have one of the most elite passing offenses in the nation. Now, this comes with one caveat. That's if Harbaugh will get over his ego. I don't even know if it's an ego thing. I think it's just something he's always done. He's like, I'm Jim Harbaugh. I call great plays. Well, you did in the 90s. You did before this major shift in football and the way we play it now. He did. He was a great play caller. But guess what? I could be blind and still know what Jim Harbaugh is going to do on first first down, fourth down, fourth and two. I can guarantee you I know exactly what he's going to do. I could probably call the play nine out of ten times. And if I can call it and I'm sitting on my couch getting wasted, if I can do that, what do you think a team that's been scheming for you for the last year? Because Ohio State... They scheme for us all year long, like we should for them. But it's just the way it goes. What do you think they're going to do? You don't think they've seen every fucking uh, formation that we have and they don't know? We run like eight plays. All right? And that's why Gaddis is a great hire. Because if Harbaugh goes and makes the move to becoming a CEO. I know I've heard other podcast hosts say, well, you think Harbaugh is going to become a CEO coach? I don't know why, because he hasn't done it yet. Well, yeah, that's right. But last time I checked, Harbaugh isn't a robot. Harbaugh's not a moron. Harbaugh can see where he's deficient in the areas that he is, and he can update himself. That's why we're humans, because we can update and change what we do in life. And I'm sure Harbaugh can do that. I mean, look how good he is as a CEO. Uh, Kaepernick, when he was able to focus on just quarterbacks and, and draft picks and all that stuff, Kaepernick was an unbelievable quarterback in the NFL. What did he do once Harbaugh left? Anybody ever heard of uh, Andrew Luck? Yeah, that's right. That's another kid that Harbaugh had hands with. He actually put his hands in there, helped him learn. Wow. Harbaugh can actually do something with young talent when he's a when he doesn't have to worry about calling his 1984 plays. He is a CEO now. He just needs to let go of everything else. And last time I checked, people, the national title was played by two programs that have CEO head coaches. Dabo Sweeney and the Lord coaching up Clemson and then fucking Nick Saban coaching up Alabama. That's right. They got guys who are who only focus on what their job is, OC or DC. And then guess what? Those two do everything else. That's the way a coach should be. Har- Harbaugh's going to get there and this hire of Gaddis tells me that we're on the right road. Now, next season can show up and Harbaugh can still be old Harbaugh. And we're going to have problems. We will, unless he changes. Maybe he's like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll only throw in 2%. I'll, I'll call like 2% of the plays and I'll let Gaz take over. But whatever, Harbaugh needs to make the change. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. Who cares about old man Greyjoy? He's out of here. Glad to see it. But what Gaddis can do, this kid only messes with five and four star guys. I was looking over the list of recruits this kid brought into Alabama. He obviously got three-star kids, which are very talented boys. But the the list was like 20 kids long, and they were all five- or four-star guys. 
And then you're, I know you say, well, Alabama's got the number one recruiting class, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but we aren't so bad, okay? Michigan, if you go by ESPN ranking, had the fourth-ranked recruiting class in the nation. That's not bad. That's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, also, if you look at, I think it was Rivals or 24-7, we had the eighth recruiting class in the nation. Still unbelievable. Still number one in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's right. We are on the right move to make that jump to the elite. We, oh, and the nice little fore, foreshadow maybe, I don't know if it'll really happen, but it is nice to see that the last time old man Greyjoy left, we won the national title the year after. <laughs> and it's not like we have the cupboards are empty at Michigan. I mean, look at the wide receiving core that Gaddis, Big Daddy Gaddis, is walking into. You've got Tariq Black, Nico Collins, a DPJ. You've got Ricky Bell, Oliver Martin, Giles Jackson, and Cornelius Johnson, the two new upgrades into that, into that core. And you're telling me we can't be a devastating offense with those kids? And then you put Chris Evans, who is not between the tackle runner, and you get him into space where he can use his agility and his elusiveness to get room in his hands. He's a great catching wide, he's a great catching running back. Let's use him like that. We're going to have Charbonnet anyways, who is the, the workhorse who can run between the tackles, and he can still catch. So you put those guys into a two-back formation and throw out, what, two to th at least three wide receivers, and you put out either uh, Mustafa Muhammad, who's finally healthy at tight end, or, or Eubanks, who's freaking amazing, always seems to be open every time he runs a route. Not even Shea Patterson, when he gets scared, can underthrow these kids. That's the only thing that scares me, too, is that what Shea Patterson is going to be like. But another year under Harbaugh, if Harbaugh can just focus on the quarterback and not try to call plays, and Harbaugh can focus on Shea Patterson, what do you think Joe Milton or Dylan McCaffrey is going to be like when Harbaugh can really just focus on them? We're going to have an elite offense to finally match our defense. And you're going to say, oh, well, our defense fucked up the last two games of the season. Okay, yeah, true. So Don Brown over three years has had three bad games. I don't know what the hell happened in that Ohio State game. That's for another episode. But the Florida game, we were missing the heart and soul of our defense. Not alone just Devin Bush, Rashad Gary, but then Quinny Pay got hurt, and then uh, Gill got hurt. Oh, and then, yeah, Aubrey Solomon fucking transferred out. That's five guys on a starting defense right up the freaking middle where Florida was running the ball. That's a shocker. Crazy when you don't have five starters there that can rotate in and out to make a difference. And that's not all on Don Brown. Okay, it's just not. So, oh, and then we finally get rid of Tariq Kennel and we got Daxon Hill upgrade. Daxon Hill runs a 4-3-40. What's Kennel? A 5-flat, uh, 7-second seven, seven 40 because he covered like it. Devin, I mean, Daxon Hill definitely ain't going to cover like that. And then David Longleaves, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal cornerback. 
But we we, we don't miss a step. We got Amory Thomas. Dude runs a 4-4. And you saw when he got in, he never really made a mistake. This kid is solid. We have got a solid team coming back. And if Don Brown, my one suggestion, if you're listening, Don Brown, and I really hope you're a Michigan maniac, because if you're listening, go to the new Denver Bronco head coach who was the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears and ask him, how did you make it? How did you disguise every backfield coverage you had? Because everything I've ever heard about the fucking Chicago Bears this season was all the quarterbacks couldn't figure out what they were in. Were they in zone? Were they in man? Every, they called it the blur package or whatever. The blur the blur nickel or why they had some terminology for it. But if NFL quarterbacks are having a hard time determining what it is, do you think the, what the <laughs> Justin Fields, if he plays for Ohio state or the albino, uh, Martell, which I guess is transferring, you think he's going to figure it out with his beady little red eyes? No, it ain't going to happen. The albino ain't going to figure it out. Cause he just knows how to hand off or run the ball. And we're going to have an amazing defense next year. I just asked that Don Brown does one thing, and he adds a few more things in there. Just ask, talk to some NFL guys. And that's the one coach I beg for him to talk to if he can. And he just get some pointers. You add the blur with the fucking blitz doctor, we've got an elite defense. And if Harbaugh just stays this, or becomes a CEO and allows Big Daddy Gaddis to call these offensive plays and work with the wide receivers, there is nobody in the Big Ten that will be able to stop us. Nobody. I don't care. We have too much talent, too much speed now everywhere to be 10-3 and three next year. I don't care. We should blow everyone out. We should. Now, listen, there's a lot that has to go on. Like I said, Harbaugh has to become a CEO instead of a play caller. You're not a shot caller, brother. You're a baller, but you ain't no shot caller. Okay, so let's get to the CEO portion and let's let's start running a great program. Plain and simple. All right. I know I'm going to go over, I've gone over everything. Oh, one more thing. And as if we think that Harbaugh doesn't understand everything, he goes in and grabs, and I don't know if he's part of the, the staff yet, but he grabs that John Bonamago, the uh, fired head coach from Central Michigan. Yeah, he wasn't great as a head coach, but this kid is, or this man, is a special teams guru. That's right, and you say, oh, oh, sure he is, whatever, blah, blah, whatever. I'm pretty good at these uh impressions right um anyways bonamago was working with our team for what the month before the bowl game and he was responsible for our special teams having two block punts in one game i don't think we had two block punts all season long and if we did it wasn't more than two blocks if we had three or maybe even four but this guy turned around our specials our special teams so if he becomes part of the team look at what harbaugh's doing yeah, we can bag on him. Sure, he's made some bad decisions, like being a play caller. That's fine. He's not great at that. But he's great everywhere else. And if we give him time, I'm telling you, 2019 is going to be off. It's just going to be re-fucking-diculous how good we are. I can't wait. You shouldn't be. You should just be as excited as I am. We should be complete and utter maniacs when it comes to this stuff because we are so... 
just hungry for this type of success. And Harbaugh's giving it to us. We just have to be patient, just like Michigan basketball was. And look what Beeline did. Beeline in 11 years has made this a powerhouse basketball team. Harbaugh in the same amount of time will be like, damn, look at the era of Harbaugh. You know when in the national title game when they were going over, oh, the Clemsoning and the whole look at what Dabo Sweeney did? Didn't that remind you of Michigan? Did that not remind you of Michigan? A team that had high aspirations, that thought highly of itself to be the next national power, but always came up short in big games. That doesn't scream Michigan football at this point to you. But guess what? Clemson didn't run him out of town. Clemson let Dabo Sweeney and Jesus coach and then recruit kids. And guess what happened? They're winning national titles, people. That's right. In the same two years, the same two-year period, Clemson and Alabama have the same win-loss record, 55-4. and four. I think there's a 16-point difference in total points between the two teams. That's right. And they've split national titles. Let Harbaugh be Harbaugh. And if Harbaugh doesn't change, then fine. Let's run him out of town if we keep failing. But give him the time to give him the time just to, to do what he needs to do. Let him learn from his own mistakes. And we will be successful. Because like I said in the last episode, people, who do we have coming in that's going to save us? Nobody. This is the dude. We have everything in place. We, as a fan base, just need to be patient. Trust me, I am not patient. I don't like being patient. I think it's awful. But when you do, good things happen. So, like I said, everybody, and I always say this. Oh, before I sign out, I just say, please go to the Patreon. It's, uh, I've got, I, we can order hats now. We can order t-shirts. Uh, I have in stock right now uh, car decals and stickers. Everything you buy on the Patreon comes with a one-month free uh, subscription to the Patreon. So this way you guys can figure out even if you like what I'm doing on there. And if you do, there are different packages. There's a $2 package, a $5 package, whatever. But it helps me be able to put on a great show. And it helps me be able to take the time off from my other job so I can focus on Michigan football. Because... I'm not, I'm not supported by 24-7. I'm not supported by uh, Locked On. I'm not supported by USA Today. I'm not supported by anybody other than my own means. And I love doing it. So please, guys, just check out the Patreon. Enjoy what I have done in there. I've just posted two new episodes. More to come. Uh, but like I say, guys, thank you so much for the support. And it's always, always, always great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And forever and always, guys, go blue.